ladies and gentlemen, kids of all ages, elders of all ages, anyone listening, welcome back to the Booth Podcast. This is the weekly NFL show. Joining me to talk NFL, as always, we got two studs here. We got Richard Reese Shonsby and Davey O'Doyle. Rich, Dave, how are we doing, boys? I'm a Vikings fan, so I'm never doing good. Okay. Oh, uh, Dave. Hey, Dave, you got a hot team. How are you doing this week? I was going to make a really on par joke and now you ruined it. I'm not doing well, but it's okay because we're coming back. Well, I had a bye, so, you know, it's a nice little. Yeah, we'll buy off this podcast. That's what it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice, little, nice little reset. Nice little reset. Got to see some. Uh, Got to see some wrestling this weekend. Been a while since I saw some of that. That was fantastic. Thank you to Davey O'Doyle for the hell of a show. Shout out to a bunch of other guys there too. But we're going to see some content coming out from that. Booth boys were obviously there. But what else happened this weekend, fellas? A packed NFL slate. It was a tough weekend for the for the Booth boys here. We, uh, I think there was a couple of games we all picked. And they went the other way. Obviously, the fatal mistake uh, wasn't wasn't too great. But hey, Davy O'Doyle here, currently leading the season. Am I right? Picking at about sixty eight percent, almost seventy percent. Dave's picking seven out of every ten correct. So let's see if we can keep that up. But first, we all know what we got to do. We got to talk about the studs and the duds. And we are going to start with Rich. Rich, we'll start with the positives. You know, start with the good news first and work our way down. Who was your stud this week? Uh, Justin Fields has finally arrived. Ooh. Good to see that guy have his first kind of... I, I feel like we haven't seen him even have a good game until no. this week. <clears throat> I wanted to say it was his first great game, but I think it was his first even good game. Yes. <laughs> Just finally got going, finally got going in the rush game too. had over a hundred yards rushing. Didn't have like crazy numbers passing, but when you can do it with your legs too, there's a balance. So I'll give, I'll give a division rival my, my step this week. Dude, it was one of those games where, like it was almost, and here we go. It was like a Lamar game where it's like you look at the numbers and they might not be the greatest. Like, oh, okay, but it's how he's getting those numbers. Like, you're like, okay, I think he had like 175 yards passing. Some of those, some of those passes were absolute darts. And yeah, everyone saw the scramble that he made. It was unbelievable, Lamar esque. It was just he's he. Yeah, I feel like he had like. I mean, his first start was against Cleveland. We all remember that. He had a bunch of bad performances, not necessarily just on him, but, you know, call it what they were. And this was his first good performance. It was also his first great one. So, hey, Justin Fields, go you. Welcome to the league. Welcome to the league, champ. Speaking of champs, Davey O. Doyle, who do you got? Give me your stud. You see, man, for me, this is tough because, like, I'm not even going to say I'm a big fan of the guy. But as an extension of the Packers, I'm going to give it to Aaron Rodgers to go in on Thursday night football with not, not just without probably the best receiver in the league, Devontae Adams, without his number two, 
Valdez Scantling. Oh, but also without his number three, they're as he said, their do it all guy, Alan Lazard. And they still go out there. They beat the undefeated Cardinals. Rogers threw two touchdowns, had a ninety percent pass rating against that defense. Still on the road, man, in prime time. That's an impressive win. Like commending to all the Packers. Big, big, like big ups to all of those guys. But with Rogers being that leader, right? That's just that's impressive, dude. That is like, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, to whenever you're down your top weapon, it's like oh, it's a big hit. But when your top weapon's Devonte Adams, it's like we all know how much he targets Devonte. Like that's yeah. his guy. And then to be down his other top two weapon, like and to go into on the road, you're like seven point dogs, and to get the win, that's huge. What? A, hey, you know. Stud. Aaron Rodgers is a bad, bad man. This week, there was another bad man in the NFL. Uh, Mike fucking White. <laughs> Last week, we started this show. We were down rich, and, and, and we started this off with who day, who day, who day say going to beat them Bengals. And Mike White said, well, I say. And uh, he went in there. Actually, Cincinnati's on the road. Mike White threw for over 400 yards and torched the Bengals. Got a win against the top team in the AFC. And watching that game with a Bengals fan, <laughs> it was it was hard. He was – I mean, it looked like fucking Joe Namath out there. If you, did it really though? Let's be honest though. Did it throwing only throwing down to his check down reads in his running back? Like, hey man, I'm not going to say that the Bengals didn't stop like stop them because they didn't. But was Mike White playing safer football than Sam Darnold really that impressive when the Bengals missed every tackle? Come on, man. Dude, Mike White threw for 400. It was he made some throws down the field. He had a touchdown call back to Keelan Cole. It was an amazing catch. No catch in the end. He adds a couple couple thoughts put on there. Michael Carter's another name that could have been a stud this week. He popped off rookie running back. But uh, Mike White currently riding high in, in the Big Apple. It was. <laughs> Ooh, congratulations, Mike White. Don't blow it and get out of the league in three years. You happy? <laughs> you, feel, you feel proud? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was tough, but like I mean, hey, if he can keep this going, holy shit, Mike White was a diamond in the rough. I, I time will tell. I might lean towards your three year theory <laughs> right now, but hey, Mike White can't take anything away from the kid right now. He was he was awesome. There also were some people who weren't awesome. We're gonna start off with those. Rich, we go back to you. The dud for you this week. I'm going to do some ranting here. <laughs> I need to get some things off my chest. My ears are open. Now let's go. Let's go. Rich. I need to talk about the Minnesota Vikings. Talk about them. I need to talk about how big of duds my team is. Oh Lord. What is wrong? What is wrong with this organization? What has been wrong with this organization for the existence of this organization? Why can things never go our way? Why do they always get so close and then just rip our hearts out as Vikings fans? Every single time we can't, 
beat the Cowboys with a backup quarterback after like just a game where it just looks like, yeah, the Vikings here, they can get a win against the Cowboys. They got a fortunate circumstance playing against Cooper Rush and just blow it in the end. The secondary can't do a goddamn thing to stop any anyone, anyone right now. Oh, it's uh, <clears throat> yeah, it was Cooper Rush, man. Went in there and got the win. Yeah, that's the thing, man. Is like you let's let's be fair about this though. The Cowboys are an absolute dynamite team right now. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I empathize with you. Like, yes, you probably shouldn't lose to a backup quarterback but he does have like possibly the best offense around him. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, that is, I think the thing is, and rich, correct me if I'm out of line here, but I think the thing is, is like, even though you might not be expected to win that one, when you get a backup QB playing, it's like, okay, we need to take this opportunity. Like, you know, I mean, now, I, now I, it totally, I totally get it, but let's, not overlook the fact that Cowboys are outside fantastic. of Dak Prescott to steal this offense, right? Yeah, and even but, but yes, even but a great yes, defense. I agree. You definitely would like to take advantage of a guy who has like three passes in his career, right? Definitely. Yeah, and it, it it's also not just this game. I was going to say, is it, it? I don't think it was just this game that's led to this. <laughs> let's even just look at the sample size of this season so far, because oh we are okay. three and four. We have okay. more losses than wins, and. All but one of those games have ended within one score. And we cannot get the job done in the end. Uh, that's tough. Also, I saw a stat, and this isn't meant to bury. I just I saw a stat that you I think you guys are 0-3 against teams with a 500 or better record or above a 500 record this year. I don't know, man. I mean, me and Dave talked about it, and I mean, Rich, we've kind of talked about it too, but Kirk, you know, like it's, you can't say he doesn't have a run game. You can't say he doesn't have weapons. And like your defense in years past has been fucking awesome. It's, yeah. you know, it's okay this year. It's not bad. But, you know, Kirk, like you got to just, you know, we want to like that. We want to like that. And, we, and, and we just don't like right it in a while. Haven't been liking it. It's hard to say too that. With a team, you feel like you have all the right pieces. Even sometimes with Kirk Cousins, he's that right piece. And it's coming down to it. And you're in the positions to win games. And you know what? If you just had a guy who could make a field goal, you'd win those games. Was it Was it all three of us talking? I can't remember. It might have just been. I can't remember who. You guys might. This might sound familiar. If you guys. If the Vikings have had a kicker, we might be talking. I think it was just me and Rich, actually. Um. If you guys had a kicker, we might look at the Vikings organization completely differently. The last five to ten years, it's like, oh yeah. man, you know. But yep. uh, yeah, you do, you do know. But um, sorry, Rich. You know, my condolences here for you, Thank you. Thank Dave. You. Dave, let's talk duds. Who'd you got? <clears throat> Weirdly enough. My stud is my dud, Aaron Rodgers. Mm. Like I said before, don't like the guy for a certain amount of reasons. One of them being Aaron Rodgers is very just like, you know what I mean? Like manipulative is a word I've heard about him. He's very like for himself, right? 
And I mean, like, hey, man, is the guy a top three quarterback in this league? You bet your ass he is. For the reasons I mentioned in the stud piece, he is. But he's still supposed to be a leader in the most important position in the most important sport. And it comes out today that he has COVID-19 after in August. He he never said I'm vaccinated, but he said I'm what was it? I'm immunized. Immunized. Yeah. Yeah. And led people to believe that he was vaccinated when now he's not. The only good thing for the Packers is like, hey, um, this isn't the playoffs, right? This yeah. is midseason. You have a huge lead in your division, so that's good. But, like, man, what – I'm not going to say smart, dumb. I'm not going to say anything about this getting vaccinated. But in the sport where you, ha- the NFL is making this nearly impossible to play without yes. being vaccinated or very tough, and he chose for himself and his teammates to not be vaccinated – and have COVID-19 now, whatever that results come, whether he spreads it, whether he's just him not playing, but that's still a huge impact on that team. It's almost not even majority about him being unvaccinated. It's about the fact that he led yeah. the media and the fans to believe he was unvaccinated. There's right. guys, there's Carson Wentz, there's Kirk Cousins. They yeah. own their decision. Right. Aaron Rodgers couldn't stand behind this decision he made. Right. So, and that, and that's what kind big, of person is that's he? a big thing, right? It's you make the it's a, if it's about free choice, own up to your choice, understand the consequence that comes with it, and yeah. he chose not to, right? Well, I think it's one of those things where, <clears throat> for, first of all, well, well, no, we'll get to it after, but um, it's like the whole his the whole off season drama and stuff. So it's already kind of like, uh, is he all in? Is he not? And now right. this comes out and it's like. Okay, so he's not all in. Like that's that's one thing that can be objectively said. Whether you're an Aaron Rodgers guy or not, he's not 100% in and committed to win. So right. So I mean that's that's my problem with this, right? Yeah. Is especially after after that Thursday night win, he talks about how tough and gritty this team is and he's having the time of his life. Yep. But all offseason he was absolutely miserable and he's chose to put himself at risk of this and his teammates at risk now. Like I don't know, man. It's just Pretty, pretty Dudley behavior. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty Dudley all around. But speaking of all around duds, it, it kind of feels like playing tennis with the nets down at this point. But the Detroit Lions. Hey, man, don't put enough confidence in us to make us all pick you and then lose. That's it. They played everyone. They they needed a time count violation and the longest field goal in NFL history to beat the Baltimore Ravens at home or to lose the Baltimore Ravens at home. And then they get Philadelphia, a hot pile of garbage in their own right. And they lose 44 to six. Man, the Bengals didn't even beat them by that much. And like the Bengals are like considered like a good team now, right? The Bengals are a top 10 team league. The Eagles are a bottom 10 team league and they <laughs> lost by 38 points. 38. For the record, how bad this is. And this is why it's not just on one person or one guy in that team. Jalen Hurts' stat line that game was 9 of 14, 103 yards, zero touchdowns. So he didn't get beat by the by the by in the air at all. He, he had seven for seventy on the ground. They gave up four rushing touchdowns. It was, it, it's embarrassing, man. It's embarrassing. They need a quarterback. They need weapons. They need defensive help. They need. Are you telling me the quarterback that's never won without Sean McVay is is a problem? 
dude, <laughs> believe it or not, contrary to popular belief, yeah. <laughs> if you need a certain head coach to win all your games, you're not a good quarterback. That can be said. Like uh, when we're when when he was in New England, everyone knew Tom Brady's a good quarterback. He left. Oh, Tom Brady's a good quarterback. He's the best ever. You know, Drew Brees was still winning in San Diego. Peyton Manning won in Indy, won in Denver. You know, Brett Favre, yeah, he fucked around at the end. He won in Minnesota. Like, good quarterbacks win without the head coach. Jared Goff, hey. (laughs) Hey, man, you might want to get a W here. It's fucking embarrassing, man. Fucking embarrassing. Honestly, it's insulting to a football fan <laughs> that that product has to go on my television. <laughs> <laughs> it's so tough because, like, I I want to really like Dan Campbell because I do. I, but when a dude's press conference is, we're gonna talk about eating kneecaps in a press conference. What did we expect to happen here? Well, dude, it went from eating kneecaps to bawling his eyes out in week five. <laughs> Christ! What? what? Let's let's think about one thing here. This is more inside baseball. Yep. yep. Me and Carf before the season made picks. We made picks. picks we'll never see the light of day, never. and rightfully so. They were awful, horrendous takes. One okay. of them may or may not have been the Washington football team going thirteen and four. It might happen, but probably <laughs> won't. That's one I'd prefer for the people not to know about. But there is one that they should know about. There's one Me pick they Carf- should know about. Pick the Lions to lose every game this year. Go a historic 0-17. And they are cooking that home recipe for us as we speak. Hey, dude, they are doing the Lord's work right now. They're doing they're saying, hey, we see that pick. We see you and we'll help you out as best we can. Are we sure that's a stud or a dud though? Now that you think about it. Honestly, fuck it. Two studs this week. The Detroit Lions making our prediction come true. Let's go, Motor City. (laughs) <laughs> Man, heavy, heavy AFC North or uh, NFC North today. You know, yeah, a lot, Vegas, a lot of NFC North. The Vikings, Rogers twice, the yeah. Lions. <laughs> but moving on to not the games next week, we decided impromptu before the show started, we're throwing in another segment here. And we didn't do a fucking ounce of preparation inspired by. The CFL podcast. Will this suck? Me. might. Who gives a fuck? Inspired by the CFL podcast we put out on Monday or Tuesday. Go check that out. They haven't listened to it. Go listen to it. You want to hear, you want to hear the soft, beautiful sounds of Davey O'Doyle and Rich Sean's. We talk CFL. Go give that a listen. I'll serenade you. Oh, he will. Give me a chance. Listen up. Give him a chance. Give him a chance. But inspired by that show, we are going to do our 2021 mid-season NFL awards. To be clear, because we had some confusion beforehand, these are the who the awards go to if the season ends right now. Who won them? Uh, not predictions. That we'll do that later. But uh, well, probably too late for that. But not the point. We're gonna go. We're gonna do the major ones. We're not gonna give some of the more obscure ones, but let's start off with, you know what? It's an offensive league. That's where we're going to go. And we're going to start off with the young guys, offensive rookie of the year. This one could be a clean sweep here, but 
we will defer. We started with duds with Rich. We will go Dave. Hey, Dave, who's your offensive rookie of the year? Uh, Mr. Cincinnati's chosen one, number one, Jamar Chase. That guy's record last week was his only week where he didn't do something out of this world, but he still had a touchdown catch. But 200 yards against the Ravens, just on pace right now, what over 700 hell? yards, seven touchdowns. <laughs> the only only guy that ever had a better start as a rookie is Randy Moss, right? So, I mean, how can it I not have be heard of Chase? He's, uh, he's pretty good. Um, I, the last thing I heard was that he couldn't catch an NFL football. Um, and all of a sudden, he's you know on pace for 1,700 yards. Rich. Offensive rookie of the year. Who do you got? I don't think you can go anywhere but Jamar Chase with this. Like, dude looks like just an absolute stud. What can you do? He's a rookie and you can't stop him now? What's this going to turn into? Man, do you know what's so funny sitting talking with both you guys? Is Rich. You had the single greatest rookie wide receiver of all time for one year. Like and 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 that's not to discredit him. And they were teammates in college. It's yes. unbelievable. Um, I just want to give a shout out because if they gave the award to O Lyman, Rashawn Slater in uh for the Chargers looks like one of the best left tackles in the sport. But you you can't go anywhere else with this. It's gonna be Jamar Chase. It deserves Jamar Chase deserves it, and he is the as far as I'm concerned, you know, well, no, this is, I was going to say, if he's, if he sat out the rest of the games, he'd still have a shot. Like he's just unbelievable, but we'll flip to the other side of the ball. Defensive rookie of the year, Dave, big defense guy. Where are we going with this? Um, so there's a couple guys you can give shouts to like certain, give a shout, Asante Samuel Jr. Definitely. Give a shout. Um, oh man, what's his last name? I always get it wrong. The Ravens pass rusher. Um, oh, Defe Oway. Oway, Oway, yeah. Give big shots to all those guys, but when you look at a rookie who looks like a man among boys sometimes when he's playing, Micah Parsons for those Cowboys, man. Yeah, 11. He, he's Dog. a crazy athlete, making all sorts of difference, um, making tackles, and honestly being a pretty damn good pass rusher for playing a true linebacker spot at the moment. I mean, he was so good, he made Jalen Smith lose his job in part, right? That's how good Micah Parsons has been this year. He's been he's been a monster. Like he and it's like if you watch, if you don't know defensive football, like if you don't really know the defensive side of it, and you just watch the Cowboys game, you'd be like, Man, that number eleven, like he's yeah. everywhere. Right. He literally is just all over the ball, all over the play. Stud, rich, defensive rookie of the year. Who do we got? I gotta keep the ball rolling. Because Parsons is incredible. He's that that kind of new kind of defensive player we're seeing that is a just a hybrid that can flow all around that defense and pass rush. He can play that true linebacker spot. He can draw back into coverage, do just fine, hold his own. He's this guy is going to have success for years to come. Years. Yeah. I um <clears throat> Like you said, Sertain been an absolute monster. Like at last game they played Washington, he absolutely locked down Terry McLaurin, who's a monster. He's called Scary Terry for a reason. Right? Scary Terry for a reason. And Sertain put clamps on him, was almost irrelevant. Another guy, Aziz Olajari in New York, 
has been a stud uh, edge rusher. But yet again, right now, midseason, it's going to be a clean sweep from the booth here. Micah Parsons is the guy. And what's funny is um, about the week case. So we've unanimously decided Jamar Chase and Micah Parsons so far. Do you remember like, so Jamar Chase couldn't catch a football and everyone was saying, oh, he's, you know, he's going to bust and stuff. And after week one, Micah Parsons had one play where he looked a little confused and everyone pounced on him that he wasn't ready. You know, that's why. And these two guys also sat out an entire season. That's, that's how, that's how freakish that. both these guys sat out their last year because of the COVID protocols and everything like that. They forewent their final season in college to get ready for the draft. And they are this good. Eight games in their career. Oh, Jesus. Freaks, man. Freaks. But we'll move on to some proven freaks. Keeping with the offensive theme, offensive player of the year doesn't have to be a rookie so far this season. Who are we thinking? Who are we going with on the fly? Dave, who do we got, big man? Uh, this is one that's hard for me because it stops now and there's some guys having years like a guy like Cooper cup could Mm -hmm. certainly be, be talked about what he's probably, I'm not going to give him my award, but he could be talked about. Yep. A lot of the good quarterback play. Um, Dak is looking like a crazy man. You know what I mean? Still. Um, but it's hard not to say Derrick Henry. It's really hard not to say it. I know, Reese mentioned his name before we started this podcast about a guy who like good thing it's midseason awards because unfortunately he's injured and he's not going to get it the rest of the way. But look at what Derrick Henry does week in and week out, making the best athletes on the planet look like children against him. Like if someone else is going to pick him and has the stats up, go for it. But like this guy was on pace to break every rushing record about to break Eric Dickerson's three straight year rushing record. I think he has, or something like that. Something crazy like that, even right. This guy's just a freak. Well, and the thing is with Derrick Henry, man, is like you hear Derrick Henry and you see six, three, two fifty, or whatever the fuck he is. And you're like, Oh man, he's just a bruiser. He runs over guys and stuff and throws around. He does. He does do that. Absolutely. And Ken, some of his, the run against the bills, he's faster than, Everyone on the defensive side. That's what's insane. Is like speaking of freaks, like the modern day NFL athlete, man, Derrick Henry is unbelievable. And yeah, it does suck that, you know, he is injured. So hopefully, dude, I hope he comes back because he is just a treat to watch. But uh, can't go wrong with that pick so far in the year. Rich, offensive player of the year thus far. Who are we going with? I will give my award to Cooper Cup, actually. I'm going to change it up. Cooper Cup's having a year. This guy kind of went from, yes, he's a number one receiver last year. He's a very good receiver. He's a top receiver in this league. To this guy may be top three in the league. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to say it's all because of Matthew Stafford, but it's a good part because he doesn't have to play with Jared Goff anymore. (laughs) This guy finally gets to show what he can do when he can have somebody who can get him the ball just on the verge of breaking a thousand yards already this season on pace for 20 touchdowns. I'll give it to Cooper cup. 
Uh, yeah, and when when before Davy started going, when I was thinking about it, my mind went to Cooper Cup. Is like he is. I know he's on pace to break Megatron's single season record, and everyone's like, "Whoa, seventeen games." Yes, even without that 17th game, if you stopped it at 16, I think he's still on pace for like 1,900 yards. Maybe he wouldn't break it, which also just shows you how much of a freak Megatron was. Like, that's unreal. But Cooper Cup's a monster. And, yeah, I mean, having having a quarterback who actually shows you what a number one pick should look like does help. But guys taking advantage of it, seizing the moment, seizing the day, I'm going to go – different here we're gonna have all three different picks going a little outside the box and uh, after last week maybe some steam was off of his train here but i'm gonna go with kyler murray kyler murray offensive player of the year yes they did just lose to green bay they are one aj green remembering what the play call is away from potentially winning that game and being eight no and let's not forget man kyler murray is Top five in passing, top five in passing touchdowns. He's got those legs that we all know can he can make special plays. And they have studs all over the field. It's kind of the Rams thing where it's like, you know, having Stafford helps. You will having, you know, New Hopkins, having Christian Kirk, Rondale Moore, AJ Green does help. But Kyler Murray, man, they were seven and zero for a reason because that dude just makes plays. And I mean, honestly, all three of these guys are probably, you know going to stick around for the next five years in this conversation, at least. So, man, I want to show because I don't want to disrespect the guy and he's having a great year, even though last week wasn't TB 12, still the greatest player in history, man. What a freak this year still. Oh, easily like, and it's weird. So we're me and Dave are watching that game together and, you know, New Orleans drives down scores and you just see Brady on the sideline, you know, that look of just, Nothing like nothing phases him, and you're like, all right, well, you know, Tampa won, and went like watching him get sixed on on the last drive. There, it's like, man, I can't remember the last time that happened, but that's because it doesn't happen often. Yeah, absolute stud. Um, flipping over to the defensive side of the pigskin, Dave, a resident defensive specialist here, DPOY. Who do you got? Heading into week nine, midway point of the year right now, defensive stud. You can't say Vontez perfect. You can't. Well, you're going to have to give me more time to think about it then. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um, I almost want you to skip me on this one, man, because I don't know. I'm really torn up about this one. There's a guy like you could go Trayvon Diggs. You can even go Trayvon Diggs in for the Cowboys playing out of his mind, a second year guy at corner. Mm-hmm. But like, do cornerbacks really usually win this? No. You got Stephon like Stephon Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore. Yeah, I mean, you got Miles Garrett just playing out of his mind. Still, still, just a grown man mm-hmm. dominating people. This is a tough one for me. I'm not really sure where I want to go with this one. Rich, do you have a do you have a guy in mind? I think I'm going to go with Miles Garrett. Yep. I think. I mean, personally, I'm just a big pass rusher guy, but man, he looks good. It probably also helps. Texas A&M effect of yeah, it all. Eggs hat, but <laughs> um, yeah, he's, he's having a great year. And I know everybody's going to say, oh, it's 17 games, 17 games. Well, get fucking used to it because it's going to be 17 games from here on out. So let's stop It's going to be 18 soon. So <laughs> Exactly. So let's cut the 17 game shit. He's 
going to be on the verge of breaking the single season sack record. He is on pace to come within one sack of it right now at the halfway point of the season. So a very real chance he can break that single season sack record. So I will give my defense player of the year award to Miles Garrett. It, what what can you say? Like he, he's one of like the top five most genetically freakish players in the NFL. The stuff that guy can do. Hey, I mean, there was the meme and the the tweet he put out a couple weeks ago. You know, he goes shirtless for one practice and he gets drug tested. Yeah, because you have a couple of quads attached to your shoulders. There, Miles. Okay, that's why. But then also you can see he goes 45 degrees to the ground when he bends and he leans around the edge. He's an absolute freak. I loathe the fact that he's in the AFC North, but fuck do I love watching him play. Dave, any progress here? You know what? I'll lift the ban if you want. Tez perfect. We'll put him back in the he's in the <laughs> ring. <laughs> uh, I mean, this has to be midseason awards, I guess, because I was thinking about as the year goes on. Just to change it up, and because I refuse to let it be TJ Watt, um, I'm, I'll, I'll go with Trevon Diggs, who's become an absolute shutdown number one corner on the Dallas Cowboys team that's not only stacked with offensive players, but who he agreed was our defensive rookie of the year already, Micah Parsons, and a guy who helps that defense roll along and make that a dynamic unit, Trevon Diggs, leading the league in picks right now, I think still, like, the guy's just a freak, man. Has had a pick in every game except this last game against Minnesota. That's an insane stat, right? Like monstrous. You know, even if he doesn't get a pick the rest of the year, he finished the year with seven picks, which is most right. guys all pro year. Yeah, like he's incredible. <sighs> this one is tough. Um, I don't think he'll win it. With a guy that does, he won't be on many radars or anything like that. There's a guy in Green Bay, Devondre Campbell. Um, he, he's not a guy that I would, you know, he's an absolute long, long shot, but that Packers defense was fucking so bad last year. They bring him in as a free agent. Again, a, a signing that goes completely under the radar and he's played so low-key fantastic that he's already run Jalen Smith out of town. Poor Jalen Smith, but he's he's been great. Yeah, Miles Garrett, excellent pick. Uh, Trevon Diggs, excellent pick. Harold Landry in Tennessee, great pick. And like you said, you know, every fiber doesn't want me to do this, but the second AFC North pass rush. Do it. Yeah, Trey Hendrickson. Woo-hoo. Trey Hendrickson, exactly. Uh, TJ Watt. TJ Watt is is awesome. He's officially, I mean the best Watt rushing the passer in the league. I mean, JJ is injured, but he's a monster. He's a freak. Um, not much to say about the guy. He absolutely bullies tackles, bullies running backs, bullies quarterbacks. I hate that the AFC North is stacked with so many pass rushers. Seems like not a lot of them are on the Ravens, but like absolute monster. And I mean, not much to say other than, the guy is, you know, the best part of that team. I think between him and Cam Hayward, yeah, like easily. Um, going all different on that one. All different on that one here after the first first two were, were all same. But we move on to 
you know what? Let's give love to the guys that help these players reach their potential. Coach of the year. Midway through the season, who is the best coach in the NFL right now? Coach of the year. Davey, go to you. Who do you got, big man? Um, my, my head jumps to two places pretty quick for this one. Because for me, in my personal opinion of what coach of the year should be, it should be a guy who's – it's like a guy like Matt LaFleur sure deserves it. A guy like Mike Vrabel deserves it. But those teams have been good teams for a while, right? Mm-hmm. McVay could be coach of the year any year, but those have been good teams for a while. So what I like to look for in the coach of the year is a coach who's absolutely turned around a team. You know what I mean? And the two guys that jump out for me are uh, Cincinnati's own Zach Taylor from from four wins last year to right now five wins with before the bye. And then a guy like Brandon Staley for the Chargers really stands out to me as maybe the Chargers look like they're on a bit of a downswing, but what he's done to bring that team up to speed and actually look like a real winner is pretty crazy. For the sake of this, I'll go Zach Taylor, but like, hey, there's a lot of guys that deserve it, but Zach Taylor does deserve it because that guy, nobody even knew who he was when he came to Cincinnati, including me, who's this guy, never had any head coach experience in the league, um, had a first really rough couple years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even last year after Joe got hurt and before that, you know, we weren't a good roster. He finally cleaned out all the pieces, put his team together, got his staff in the room, has his culture in Cincinnati together. And right now it's looking good. We're looking like a, we're a winning team. Even last week after the loss, we had, uh, we had Boyd and we had Mixon and we had Jesse Bates go up to the podium together and talk about how solid this team is together. And you know what I mean? That's, that's a good recipe, and that starts with the coach who builds the team up, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Rich, coach of the year. Who are we going? Are we thinking Dan Campbell? Are we thinking where are we going with this? Uh, I'm going to go. It feels like maybe an easy pick um, when you look at just by record, but I think it's really about that building of a team aspect, mm-hmm. and I'm going to go cliff current Kingsbury with the Arizona Cardinals. We look back four years ago, 2018, it's a three win team in Arizona. You bring in a guy like cliff Kingsbury and now they're arguably at the top of the NFC. Right. Like, and also to go with that brings in an offense. We don't see in the pros. Yeah. Brings in something new that we haven't seen in the NFL. Mm -hmm. I think that's maybe not a factor that gets put into the equation of coach of the year, but it's worth mentioning that he's breaking barriers in this as well. Um, I think, yeah, he's, he's an excellent candidate for coach of the year. I'm going to give him my, my midway point coach of the year. Oh yeah. And like considering how young he is as a coach and how young like Kyler is like those two are, are just going to be together for the next, I mean, if Clifton, you know, keep the team together and keep it going. Like they could, you know, they could be together for the next 10 or 15 years. And that's, that's scary if you're in the NFC. Um, But like Dave said, there's a lot of coaches, man. You think about it. Um, I want to give a shout out to John Harbaugh. We got depleted by injuries and 
you know, we're arguably still one of the top 10 teams in the league. Uh, Sean Payton, you know, your starting QB retires. So you have a battle with whoever you had on the roster. You are still winning games with him. He goes down, tears his ACL. You're able to beat the defending Super Bowl champions with Trevor Simeon. Uh, you know, Sean Payton's obviously an excellent coach, but what Dave said to begin with, Zach Taylor and Brandon Staley. What's interesting that you mentioned both those guys, Zach Taylor was, I believe, the Rams quarterback coach. Yeah. And Brandon Staley was the Rams defensive coordinator. Right. So both from Sean McVay's staff, fuck, could give it to Sean McVay too. But I will go with Brandon Staley. Maybe kind of, you know, the last couple of weeks cooling off a little bit per se, but, you know, you listen to that guy at the podium and you watch when they're playing hot, they are playing hot and they look like a well-rounded team. Um, again, the last few weeks have been, you know, a bit iffy. So it, it cooling off, but looking at the first half of this season, okay. The last two weeks, they got blown up by Baltimore. Well, excellent coach, excellent quarterback, great roster, great team. And then, Last week was against the greatest head coach to ever coach in the NFL, Bill Belichick. I don't put too much stock in those losses. Um, I still think they're an excellently coached team. And yeah, I mean, so many great young coaches, so many great young quarterbacks. So just what a time to be a fan. But uh, Brandon Staley gets my vote so far. Um, but two more awards left, fellas. We will go right now with the guys making returns. And we're going to go with the comeback player of the year. This one could be unanimous, but I don't think it will be. And we're going to go to Dave with that being said. Dave, comeback player of the year. Where are we going? Why are you putting this on me? I think you know why I'm putting it on you. Why are you putting this on me? Because you know why, and and I know how much you love both of the guys you're debating between right now. <laughs> what are we thinking, big man? So, I mean, there's only two guys that are even really possible to win this in my mind, right? Like, just I, really quick, all three of us will, I'm going to say right now, we'll probably take one of these two guys. But shout out to Derwin James. Guy has had a couple years worth of injuries, comes back and still looks like the dog that he was. So Derwin, you have no chance of winning this award and and you're not going to get it right now, but Hey, love you, Derwin. Yeah. So, I mean, the two guys at Popo is obviously Dak Prescott after that gross ankle foot injury he had last year, just a wicked cramp. <laughs> just look God, I hope it's just a cramp. <laughs> and, and then, uh, <laughs> Um, my own golden boy, Joey franchise, Joe Burrow after his totally destructed me against the Redskins last year. Those are the two guys on top that are absolutely lighting up at the quarterback position with their teams, taking their teams from pretty dog shit years to very nearly the top in both the AFC and the NFC. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Joe Burrow but I don't think he'll win it. But Hey, all those people that are going to vote for Dak Prescott think again, because Joe Burrow's taking us places. This guy has come in the best quarterback against the blitz consistently, just a top 
a top QBR quarterback this year, absolutely leading the Bengals on a tear. Joe Burrow, he's the guy. He certainly is the guy. He's he is the guy. And like, I mean, we could go, we could go inside baseball and talk about, I mean, right before we started the show, but Joe Burrow is is Joe Burrow is the guy. And yet, like a torn ACL got decimated last year. And not only is he back, but he's in the hunt for the best team in the AFC. And if you would have said last year, oh, hey, when Joe comes back in the midway point, at the midway point of the season, not week one or two, where it's like, oh, we're, you know, we're two and oh against whoever. No, midway point of the year, you're in contention for the AFC crown. I wouldn't have believed you last year. Like Cincinnati's hot pile of shit. So, yeah. I mean, like you said, with Coach and now with Joe Burrow, he makes all the difference. Right. Richard Shonsby, comeback player of the year. Who do we got? I'll also be a little saucy here. Joey B is lay it, lay it thick. Having a year. Dak is also having a year. But the big reason I see for giving this to Burrow instead of Dak is the fact that the Cowboys knew what they had in Dak. The Cowboys, Dak had that secure position. He'd been with the team for a couple of years. Dak was the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Joe Burrow was in his first year. He didn't have a super secure job. Cincinnati could have easily had a not great season and went quarterback in the first round. And here's your open competition in camp. So for that reason, I think Burrow had so much more to prove this season than Dak. Yeah. And he's done nothing but even exceed expectations. Absolutely. So comeback player of the year, Joey B. Joey, Joey franchise. B. Joey franchise. Joey B in the place to be. Yeah, I can't say enough about the guy. Um, but – I will go with Dak Prescott on this one. No disrespect to Burrow. Burrow's a revelation. But for me, it's tough. You know, when Dak went down, man, Dave, we were watching that game together, and it was like you could feel every foot, not the Cowboys, every football fan's heart broke. Like, that was so tough because here was a guy that was a a mid-round pick, you know, beat out and, you know, was the successor to Tony Romo took over this franchise and just was so likable. And then, you know, there was a bunch of contract drama. It seemed like it went on. It did go on for legitimately like two years and it was just Willie won't he, he, you know, he, he refused to play in the tag again, bet on himself last year. And then his ankle snapped and it was just like, fuck, what if he never ever comes back? And he lost out on a lot of money because he, he took a chance and bet on himself he said, nope, fuck that. I'm going to work. I'm going to bet on myself. He gets the big contract. He comes in this year, and he has been lights out. Um, he did sit out last game with a calf strain, I think, which, honestly, smart. You know, it's a long season. Why push him if you don't need to? The calf is a tricky place, you know, those soft tissue injuries. But he has been back, and he has been a monster, absolutely lighting it up. In the MVP conversation, Burrow is too, obviously. But, you know, Dak, yeah. It's tough to it's tough to look at the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys 
who's led them to the top of the NFC and not pick him. So for that reason, I will go with Dak Prescott. But I mean, for that for that reasons why I think Dak will probably actually win it. Will he? Something yeah. That definitely be said for the fact that it, it was everywhere. You could feel the week the week Dak Prescott hurt himself last year. The NFL just felt dark. Yeah. I mean, whether that's just the love for the guy or even the fact that he's the quarterback of America's team, right? Yes. Yeah. So that's that's the thing. He's a better story and his contract talk. He'll probably actually win it. But I want to be Joe Burrow. So <laughs> hey, can't <laughs> argue with that. But this is this is the this is the piece of the pie. This is the one we all wait for. This is the one we all knew was coming. The most valuable player, the MVP of the NFL. Now I will say this is I'll just reminding everyone. This is right now mid season award. Also, this isn't how the NFL gives out the award where it is the quarterback with the best stats. No, 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 no. This is the MVP. This is the most valuable to their franchise at the midway point of the 2021 season. Davey O Doyle, the 2021 MVP is when we did this pick in our preseason prediction, I picked Josh Allen for this award. And it's interesting that watching the bills now, it, he still is so valuable and important, but he doesn't seem as important as he did last year. You know what I mean? Their team as a whole just seems like so much better. So that's really put some doubt in me because I want that to be my pick, but I don't know anymore. Cause really, I, I'd almost want to wait one more week and do this and p- see if I can pick against Aaron Rodgers to see how they do with Jordan Love in that quarterback. Cause that's very True. interesting to yep. see if that team absolutely collapses. Mm-hmm. But for the time being, I think I'm going to pick Kyler Murray as MVP. You can't argue, man. Like for the same reasons we talked about Cliff Kingsbury, how bad that team was until Kyler and Kingsbury came. Like I said, Kyler was one AJ Green turnaround look away from coming back in that game that put people over the top about how much they love the Packers, the team that was the last undefeated team in the league. And to do it with that kind of skills, man, I don't think enough can be said. I even think that sometimes I undervalue Kyler Murray until I really sit back and think about it. 100%. He's, you know, and... (laughs) You know, it's tough, man, because there was another quarterback in the Arizona Arizona room a couple of years ago that, you know, never really got a shot. So we could be talking about him in this conversation instead, but not the point. I'm not going to get into that. But Kyler Murray is a, he's a freak. He's a stud. He's a monster. And he's seven and one. And, and <clears throat> you know, like I said, he's one AJ Green remembering it's a fade away from potentially being eight. No. Um, so that's tough. But yeah, Kyler Murray. Absolute freak, Rich, MVP of the 2021 season. Who do we got? I got Matthew Stafford. I think this guy has came into come into a Rams organization and was that piece of the puzzle puzzle they were missing. And I really think that makes him their most valuable player. He is the most valuable to his team because he was that last piece they needed. He's excelled there. 
versus Detroit. Obviously, not that he didn't play good in Detroit. He played surprisingly well for being stuck in Detroit. Like going to a team that has the pieces around you to win a game and you are that piece they need. That guy, that guy is my MVP. It, yeah. And I mean, you're a guy that knows, uh, you know, staff very well, but yeah, like they've, he's unlocked. Everyone says that, Oh, he, he'll unlock the offense. Dude. He has unlocked the offense. It, it's like, we're seeing an entirely new playbook. One that Sean McVay literally couldn't run with Jared Goff. And, and all of a sudden, wow. Cooper cup is this good. Holy shit. That was my point too. I was going to say, it's like, how come Cooper cup all of a sudden is this absolute freak, right? There's something, something to it distributing to him. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Without a doubt. Um, both good picks, both, you know, candidates, contenders, you know, I, I want to give a shout out to Lamar, you know, just to have to, he's been great. Been great. Aaron Rodgers too was a guy I was thinking about. Oh fuck, you know they they won seven in a row. Maybe it's like you said. Maybe it's the dud thing that came out today that right. is putting a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth. But I am gonna go with the guy, Rich. You said it. He's the missing piece. You want to talk about a missing piece? The year before he gets there, an absolute garbage franchise, the losingest franchise in sports history. He gets there his first season. They win the Super Bowl. This year, still off to that hot start. The greatest football player, the greatest team sport athlete to ever play. Tom Brady is my MVP. Halfway through the year, he's got 25 touchdowns to five picks. He is 44 years old. And, eight, you know, that doesn't, it shouldn't play a factor in the MVP. And it, it won't, it doesn't. But that's just something to remember. Oh, yeah, this guy's. Okay, this guy's closer to a senior's discount than being drafted. Got it. And he is, you know, we talk about, Rich said, you know, unlocking this offense and stuff. Well, that's what he did at Tampa Bay. Everyone said they're just a quarterback away. They're just a quarterback away. I think even if they got a quarterback away, no one expected this. No one expected this level. And it's weird to say this soon because how how long did he really have? At this rate, he might have another decade in him. He's now thrown more touchdowns in his 40s than his 20s. That's unheard of. I'm there's no it's it's almost frustrating because there's no more words. There's no more adjectives. Like there's there's nothing else to say. He's simply the goat. And and you know it's not necessarily planting my flag. There's people said it. He will be the goat forever because no one's doing what he's done or what he continues to do. And thus far in the year, yes, he did just lose to the saints, but guess what? He lost to the saints twice last year too. And you know what he did? He beat the shit out of them in the playoffs and then won the super bowl. Take, take everything else he's done this year. He's been an absolute Marvel MVP. We got through it boys. We did it. It was tough. It was tough to think of some of those guys on the spot, but Something we do think of on the spot each and every week. Like we said, Davy O'Doyle currently leading us betting or predicting nearly 70%. We are heading into week nine. Tomorrow night, Thursday night football. We have the 
white hot New York Jets heading into Indianapolis to take on the Colts. Thursday night football, Jets, Colts. Rich, we'll start with you. Who do we got? I want to take the Jets after what we saw last week. I want to say Mike White's here. Mike White is the solution for the New York Jets. Mike White is not the solution for the New York Jets. Mike White is not a fix-all for the New York Jets. And the Colts are turning it on right now. The Colts are in the spot they want to be this season. Yeah, this will be the Colts. This is going to be a not good Thursday night football game. Uh, Yeah, Dave, maybe a little, uh, (laughs) maybe a little feisty right now, but uh, Mike White and the Jets take on the Colts. Who do you got? Tell me five facts you know about Mike White, and I'll pick them off the top of your head. He beat out Cooper Rush. No, he lost to Cooper Rush to be the Cowboys backup. Oh, fuck, I was trying to think of the next-gen stats I saw on Twitter. Nah. Mike White fact, his <laughs> game check was less than the guy who bet a grand on him to lead the league in passing. <laughs> One. His game check was $50,000. The guy who bet $1,000 on him to lead the league in passing last week won $125,000. That's fucking amazing. <laughs> to me, That's hey, my best Mike White stat. Hey, did Carson Wentz throw one of the most disgusting, awful picks I've ever seen last week? See, yeah, the, he did. Yeah, that, he did. Oh, yeah. But that Colts team is still better than the Jets by every metric. Even if they just handed it off to Jonathan Taylor 50 times, I think they could probably win the game. So I don't, I don't take any stock in what the Jets did last week. I think that was a, a Bengal sleeper day. Uh, I'm picking the Colts here. Yeah. And as much as I want to be like, well, you know, the Jets just come off the win against the Bengals and they also did beat the Titans and the Titans just beat the Colts ergo facto Jets beating Colts. No, the Colts are hot. And yeah, Carson Wentz, it feels like he's good for one play a game. That's like, what, what are we seeing out there, Carson? But uh, Jonathan Taylor stud Carson Wentz learned how to play football again. Michael Pittman Jr. Dog that defense. Great. Sorry, Mike White. It's uh, the run ends here. And not soon enough. And not soon enough. We head into the morning slate of games, and we're just going to start right off with it. Going to have some more additional content this week because we have another Booth Boys head-to-head matchup. We got the Vikings heading into Baltimore, taking on the Ravens off a bye week. Rich. You're the guest in M&T Bank Stadium. I will pass it to you. Who do you got this week, man? I'm fucking terrified. <laughs> I am so scared about this game. Uh, this is a Vikings team that has looked bad. They've, they've looked good until they look bad. And that yep. usually happens in the last two minutes of the game. It's tough, but booth booth matchup. I can't go away from the boys. We know it's going to be close. The Vikings don't play in not close games, so it's going to be a close. Neither do the Ravens. (laughs) So it's going to be close, and I think 
the Vikings will get lucky in this one. They'll have the comeback game. Vikings. I uh, just kind of like the format we did last time. I am going to stick with the Ravens on this one. Ravens, two weeks ago, a disgusting, sickening, horrifying, putrid loss to the Cincinnati Bengals. A blowout in their home barn. That doesn't happen a lot in Baltimore. And then we got a bye week. And Harbaugh off a bye is mwah, mwah. And we got the Vikings coming in. Fresh off a loss to Cooper Rush. Heading into Baltimore. I think the Ravens take care of business. Uh, Marlon Humphrey was absolutely atrocious against Jamar Chase, who hasn't been, but he was bad. He owned up to it. I think he has a bounce back game, neutralizes whichever receiver he's on, maybe both. Um, I think the boys, <clears throat> excuse me, I think the boys bounce back. We get the win. We we and yeah, neither of our teams play boring games. So this one will be a nail biter. It'll come down to, you know, some technicality touchback through the end zone and it'll come down to something like that. And then I'm sure a 70 yard field. goal. Could you imagine if it came down to a 70 yard field goal? But anyway, it comes down to a field goal in this game is, is very entertaining, but just like the last time we had a head to head matchup, the tiebreaker, Davey O'Doyle Vikings Ravens. Who do you got? Rich, I really wanted to back you because you backed the Bengals in the last head-to-head match. But all you did was talk about how bad the Vikings were in your duds. And you got a pissed-off, angry Ravens team at home off a bye. This just doesn't look good by any metric. It's probably, in my thing, is like it'll be close because neither of your teams understand how not to play a close game. But if it comes on to quarterback, I like Lamar. If it comes back to kicking, I like Justin Tucker. If it comes down to coaching, I like John Harbaugh. It's just the way the cookie crumbles. That That is fair. fair. Yeah. And uh, speaking of crumbling, we got the Texans in Miami taking on the very, very crumbling Dolphins. I mean, this game happened. This game sucks. This game sucks. And if you think <laughs> about it, a very interesting game. This is – it could have been more <laughs> – Fuck. There was a lot of rumors of trade potential for Miami for a certain uh, quarterback right now. Well, we're going to see it all play out here. This is going to be an absolute fucking stinky game. I have no interest in watching this, and I needed to sort of refer to it as the most juvenile way I could because this game is fucking bad. And it, it, dude, honestly, I can smell it from here. It smells like shit. I don't want to watch this game. And this is like the Lions where, you know, they should pay. They should have to pay fans to watch this because this fucking sucks. I hate this game. This might be my least favorite game this whole year. Dude, I'm not. Even, I'm so pissed. I'm so pissed at this game. I hate that it exists. I almost don't want to. I, don't, I kind of want to skip it. We've never skipped a game, but fuck this game. Rich. <laughs> Um, I'm torn because you're correct. These teams both stink. I keep, I feel like we keep going back to that Miami team was a 10 win team last season. Yep. This Miami team ain't going to be a 10 win team this season. No. <laughs> Ugh, it's tough. Honestly, I, in this game, I'm going to go Houston based on what we saw in the fourth quarter against the Rams. Davy Mills. It was a 
no score for through one for them. No score for through two and three. Down thirty-eight, nothing. Just make it close with twenty-two. They'll keep the ball rolling. This will be the Houston Texans getting their second win of the season. I like it, Dave. Who do we got? I originally wondered if I was being too mean to the Dolphins to pick the Texans, <laughs> but I'm glad Reese did because yeah, I'm like. The Dolphins have lost me. I was like a bandwagon jumper for them last year. And now I'm I'm officially unplanting my flag to never see the Miami Dolphins again because it's sad to watch. They lose to bad teams, even in heartbreaking ways. They're so bad. You know what I mean? So sure, man, Davis Mills, let's ride the Texans train. There we go. And see, we all talked like this. We all hyped each other up. and We all blew smoke up each other last week on the Lions. Oh, no. So I'm very scared because my gut told me Houston. So we could lose all our credibility right now. But that fourth quarter Texans team last week, they were something. <laughs> they were saucy. They were, we're saucing them up last week. Let's we're go. going. Hey, hey. Let's ride. We're going 3-0 Texans, baby. Davey Mills with the W. <sighs> Moving past that game. I can't believe we spent that much time talking about it. I fucking hate that game, man. <laughs> oh. Moving past that, we have two coaches who seemingly are competing for worst coach of the year. Um, one of them has an amazing roster. The other one has a very good roster. We got the Broncos heading into Dallas take on the Cowboys. Mike McCarthy doesn't know what the fucking game clock is. He can't tell time, and that's fine. Vic Fangio doesn't understand. Mm -mm. He doesn't understand much. It seemed like he tried to give the game away the last two minutes in Washington this week. An ugly, ugly win. I'm just going to start this one off. It's going to be the Cowboys at home. Yep, I'm going to go with the Cowboys too, man. Not only that, I've watched so much Dallas in my life, but like, like I was mentioning before, this team's good enough to beat a decent little Vikings team with a backup quarterback, not to mention if Dak plays himself, right? Yeah. This team looks scary. They had my guy who I picked for defensive player of the year and defense rookie of the year on this team. So I mean, I'm, I'm going to ride with the Cowboys there. Rich also going to ride with the Cowboys here. I have, I, I have confidence in the Denver players. I have confidence in, in the Denver fans, and I have no confidence in the Denver coaching staff. And for that reason, Denver is not going to win many more games this season. If it imagine if this game comes down to like a clutch, like time management, final three minutes and forty seconds, both these coaches might play fucking hot potato. Like I, yeah. this is going to be fucking bad. <sighs> Finally. Not finally, it's the fucking fourth game or something. <laughs> but our first divisional matchup, we got the Cleveland Browns heading into that jungle, you know, taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. We know Bengals off of a disappointing loss. Browns coming off of a disappointing loss, but a disappointing loss where they put up 10 points instead of 31. Um Dave, we're talking about your boys. I'll defer to you here. Brown's coming to you. What I mean, you the fact we're at home, the fact that 
yeah, we lost this stinky game to the Jets, but we're coming off two straight division wins in the other team's barn already beating the Steelers and the Ravens. Um, we have the better quarterback, Joe Burrow. They And they have, they have talented players. They have maybe the best O-line in football. They have Miles Garrett. But they also have all this OBJ dysfunctional drama where he's not on the team anymore. Everybody puts pressure on Baker. I think he deserves it. But another argument for another day. All this pressure on him. And at home, having a good team, it seems Cincinnati right now, Everybody's just riding the same wavelength on the same page. And I think that's a good, uh, good strategy to get our third division win. Yeah. I, um, <clears throat> like you said, like the OBJ stuff that's coming out, he's Stefanski said, he's basically not part of the team right now. Right. Not that he was much of a factor to begin with. Like he just hasn't been Yeah, The Browns team. And, and you know what? Everyone was so, so, so hyped for this Browns team. And <clears throat> They, I won't say they're the same old Browns because they do look better than the Browns of past, obviously. But like you said, they probably their biggest strength right now is in the trenches. Um, but Cincinnati is almost perfectly equipped to battle that. Your defensive front has been fantastic all year, and it's it's almost one of those you know bits, odds and ends kind of from around the league. You know, disregarded discarded guys, Trey Henderson from the saints. Okay. We'll, we'll pick you up and you got DJ reader and Oh, Larry Ogunjobi from the Browns. We'll, we'll bring him along here. Sam Hubbard. You know, you got a lot of guys that are just making plays playing great. Um, perfect to go against that Browns O line. And also, yeah, miles Garrett's a monster. They're great. Joe Burrow's been the best quarterback in the league against pressure this year. He gets the ball out quick and they have guys that can make plays. I will take the Bengals here too. They're at home doesn't seem to matter when it comes to division. They've won both their road division games so far. So Bengals it is. Yeah. I'm going to have to go with the Bengals too. And, Woo! Uh, I think it's really ha- has a big part to do with whatever the hell is going on in Cleveland right now. Yeah. This is a team that's having some struggles and doesn't need to have a spotlight put on them. Yes. They need to kind of sit back. Let them work things out. Just figure these things out. And OBJ is being his selfish prick self and just getting them all in the media again. Well, and I mean, not to actually, you know, directly to uh, tie in. I'm thinking to mention all our podcasts this week. Go check out our NHL show if you haven't listened to it. But it's kind of like the Maple Leafs, you know, last thing that team needs right now is more media attention. And what do they do? They start and all access documentary crew behind the scenes, you know, maybe not the fucking best idea for the biggest brand in the league, but yeah. And, and, you know, maybe this is a shot at Baker. I don't fucking know, but just to be honest, he's not exactly the quarterback that handles this kind of stuff very well. You know, he does have a bit of a hot head and he's shown it. He's gone with the medical staff there. Like he, this could get ugly very quickly. And I think Cincinnati is dialed in this week. So we're taking three Oh Cincinnati. Moving on, we have the Las Vegas Raiders in New York taking on the Giants. First of all, RIP, man. Um, Those dumb fucking, a dumb fucking decision. You can't say it's a mistake. That was a choice. And, you know, just fucking terrible, dude. 
just like on honestly a shitty just a fucking selfish decision man and it, it cost someone's life legit and i think not trying to speak for you guys but i mean that's what it is but raiders coming off of a bye week giants coming off of monday night football where <laughs> you want to be like oh man they only lost by a field goal in arrowhead yeah but both teams sucked don't get it twisted as in like oh they were they took them to the last if you watch that fourth quarter drive that last final drive oh boy <laughs> giants are maybe in the qb market here uh this one's tough, but I will say I will say the Raiders on this one. Losing a receiver is losing one of your top weapons is very, very tough. Especially the circumstances in which it happened is just gotta be in that locker room, I imagine, just really weird. Unfortunately, it's not even the it's not the only controversy they've gone through this year, but they are off a bye and the Giants aren't very good. So I'm gonna take the Raiders on that. Rich, who do we got? I am also going to go with the Raiders. Um, I don't think either of these teams are amazing teams. It really kind of looks at with Vegas being the two seed right now, if you look at the pit playoff picture. But this Vegas team is the worst division leader in the league. They have yes. played no one. And hey, got, hey, hey, outside of week one, they've played no one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, 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 even then, even then, they had to even then over time and they almost choked it. So they have got some lucky losses by the Chargers so that they can keep that leading spot in the division. Well, and the Chiefs, but it's like in the Chiefs, too. But it's the Giants. It is still the same old New York football Giants. The football Giants. And they are going to just keep on with their losing ways, and Vegas will take this one. Yeah, I I don't see it going New York's way. Dave, are we making this one 3-0? Yeah, it's got to be the Raiders, I think. Regardless of all the controversy, the Raiders are the better team, first and foremost. And they have the bye week, and now the Giants are coming off of a honestly pretty disgusting way to finish out a Monday game on a short week. Yeah, yeah like it's it's looking like it's going to be the Raiders, man. Derek Carr, too good. Max Crosby, Darren Waller, guys are too good to be losing to the Giants. Yeah, uh, I think we we are all in agreement, though. The Raiders are very overrated. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Raiders to me are a team that they just <laughs> don't really, I don't know what, what to say, man. The Raiders, they're just not as impressive. Like who have they beat? They don't stand out in any way to me that some of those other teams do. So, I mean, it's looks pretty clear to me. 3-0 this week. 3-0 on the Raiders. We head to another division. We got the Falcons heading into New Orleans, the Superdome taking on the Saints. Saints coming off of, hey, anytime you beat the defending Super Bowl champs, that's you count that up. And, you know, they're only, they're only a game back of the Bucs in the division here. Falcons, this is how irrelevant the Falcons are. What did they do last week? Did They didn't have a bye. Did they lose? 
Yeah, they think they lost to the Panthers. Right. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to go Saints on that because I couldn't remember the Falcons game from last week. Uh, Sean Payton's making it work with Trevor Simeon. Sean Payton's a wizard. And that Saints D is no joke tomorrow. Davis, Cam Jordan. Marshawn Lattimore's playing great. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. They got studs. Uh, I think the Saints handle this one. Dave, where do we think where do we think this one's going? I mean, regardless of the quarterback situation, if you can beat the Bucks, then you can definitely win this game, right? Or yeah, so it's gonna be the Saints. Rich? Yeah, we'll round that out. Um I I don't think it matters who plays a quarterback for the Saints in this game. They're gonna beat the Falcons. Yep. To yep. the city of Atlanta, though, congratulations on the World Series win. Your Falcons Braves. suck, but your Braves are great. The, the city of Atlanta, the state of Georgia, finished a sporting event and didn't collapse. Wow. That's a win. That's a win. I saw an interesting stat or a fact on Twitter. Everyone who's appeared on the Monday Night Manning cast so far, every active NFL player, has lost the next week. So week one, it was Travis Kelsey. Week two, it was Russ. Three was Brady. I can't remember who fourth was. Sorry. Um, <clears throat> Josh Allen was on this week. Buffalo Bills. So I was thinking, oh, shit. Bet against the Bills. Well, they're heading into Jacksonville. So I'm going to go ahead and say that streak, that little kind of cool Madden curse-esque thing is going to snap this week. I think the Bills will take care of business there down in Jacksonville and maybe cover the 14-and-a-half-point spread. Yeah, I'd take – Action on both of those. Yeah, I mean, hey, Jacksonville, think about it. Let that sit in rough a bit. And then maybe the best team in the AFC are straight up the Bills, right? So Wagon. it's going to be the Bills, and they'll probably cover. I agree with you. Yeah. Rich? Yeah, this is going to be a fucking shit show down in Jacksonville. Boy, this is good. I'm getting scared. We got so many three and O's this week. We've how many three and O's have we gone here? Like I don't know. We're either all going to be absolute sharps, or we lost all credibility after three and O Houston. We are all, we have picked the same for every single game except for Baltimore, Minnesota. So far. Some days you just feel it, you know. I'm sorry if you're listening to this and like. Can we have some differing opinions? But I don't even know if I actually believe Minnesota is going to win. So, yeah. so I mean, in, in spirit, it's a it's a complete sweep so far. Pretty honestly, much. a little behind the scenes here. If you could understand the vibe that we're currently on recording this, it's a train wreck. It's a disaster. But we're in this together, and we understand that. And I think that's where the camaraderie is. Moving on, we have a match, a rematch of. One of Tom Brady's first Super Bowl wins. We got the Patriots taking on the Panthers. Patriots coming off a win against Chargers. Panthers coming off a win against the Falcons. But let's not forget, the Panthers didn't look good against the Falcons. Sam Darnold was out with a concussion. I don't know if he's playing. I don't think it matters. And I've been a big Sam Darnold guy. Big Sam Darnold defender. But he is looking not ideal. And for that reason, I'm going Patriots. They're getting the win. 
I think Belichick could feast. Stefan Gilmore revenge game. Dave, where do you see this going? I think the Patriots are a team that actually I'm starting to get scared of again. If you've actually watched how they've won their games in complete Bill Belichick fashion, back to form, same defense. Mac Jones has kind of dropped the bad rookie habits he has. He's kind of got rid of with not on weapons is still making that offense tick. And the Panthers have continued to screw me on pick them time after time. <laughs> and they have a shitty ass quarterback and they're a team. I don't give two fucks about. So go Patriots go. Well, Rich. let's do, do it again. Three for three. Cause I'm not picking the fucking three, you know. Panthers. This new England team is getting hot. They're getting hot at a good time to get hot. If you need a couple games to kind of sit back, take some losses, get your shit figured out, it's the start of the season. Now you're at that point in the season where you got to win. You got to win now. And New England's starting to do that. They should have no problem with the Panthers. And that's the thing, man, is like with Belichick, like he's bad in September. Like obviously he's, he's still Bill Belichick, but he's literally like, yeah, fuck it. We'll just try things out in September. I feel like the Patriots get dog walked at least once in the first like three, four weeks of the season. And then all of a sudden he's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to fucking uh, get the boys tightened up. Here and we're going to go out and uh, win 12 games with Mac Jones. And they're probably going to win, you know, they, they might make it into playoffs. And if Bill Belichick gets in the playoffs, I'm scared. Moving on, we got the Chargers in Philly taking on the Eagles. <clears throat> Chargers coming off of a couple losses now. Eagles coming off of a massive, huge, monumental blowout victory, but it was against the Lions, so basically they didn't beat them by enough. I'm taking the Chargers on this one. I think this is a get-right game for the Chargers. I do. I think if it comes – like, yeah, I mean, Dave, you kind of used his reasoning earlier with Minnesota and – Baltimore, but if it comes down to quarterback, I like Herbert over Hertz. If it comes down to coach, I think Nick Sirianni's jackass. If it comes down to roster, I think the Chargers have a very well-rounded roster. I think it's Chargers all the way. Rich, how do we see this going? Yeah, this is when you need a get-right game, Philly is the team to get right against. They're just... It's coming again, isn't it? Oh, I think it's coming again. All you do is look at my face for me and be like, God damn it. Well, you want me to pick Philly here? No. I can't pick Philly against the Chargers. Like, I want to say something like, hey, let's make it interesting. They just t- did put up 44 points, but that was the Lions, man. And this is the Justin Herbert-led Chargers. Like, it's, I just, it's going to happen again. I think there's I think there's hope for these last four games. I, there is. There is. Looking forward, okay, we'll, we'll differ, but... But yeah, on this, I'm going Chargers. Yeah, Chargers. Yeah, here we go. These, okay, this is where the unique personalities start to blossom and bloom. Are you sure, though? I maybe think not so. this one. I'll uh, trust you on this, but maybe not this one. But I'm looking at the line and I'm stunned right now. Right? So we got Arizona heading into San Fran. Okay. Arizona only favored by one point. What? To me, that's surprising. That is very, very surprising. Um, Dave, we'll start with you. Uh, you- last last week, for the same reasons who I said, I thought the Bears could probably pull one off. I'm going to go against the 49ers again this week. 
what are the 49ers? What are they? Garoppolo's okay at best. That defense is okay. Every year they talk about, oh, we need to get better. We're going to get better when everybody's healthy, and they never are. Congratulations, you guys beat a dog shit Bears team last week, but you're not going to win this week. Yeah. Yep. Rich? Yeah. I got minus one line. It's it's not big enough. Uh, I know San Francisco is at home. Arizona, I don't think they're going to be shaking up after a loss. They've had the nice long week to get get their minds right. I don't think Arizona should have a problem with San Francisco in this game. No, <clears throat> but <clears throat> San Fran. All right. Don't piss. <laughs> Arizona started off hot. Started off great. They took this dude. I'm just. I'm. Tr- I'm trying to find reasons to talk myself into San. This isn't the game to, to talk break this into. up. This isn't the game to talk yourself into. Kyler against Jimmy Garoppolo. You're going to talk yourself into this one. You know what? Fuck it. I'm doing it. Oh, I think the Niners are going to win this one. I think this is going to be a sneaky one. The and and if if the only reason is it's a division game, which are always a toss up, and this is the Niners division or the home division game against the Cardinals. The Cardinals do look great; they're firing on all cylinders here. However, maybe their confidence did take a hit last week. Maybe Cliff Kingsbury, relatively young coach, Kyler, relatively young. That team's very very young. Maybe the guys say, "Oh fuck." You know, ah, shit, darn it. And they lose. That could happen. Okay. And so for that reason, I'm taking the Niners also, you know, if we just pick ties, I need to get one up on you boys. And I'm thinking this could be a surprise game here. And, and Vegas only has them as one point. And I'm thinking maybe they, maybe they know something we don't, maybe they have them for a reason. So I'm going to take upset alert here, picking the Niners. I respect your moxie, but I don't respect your reason you did it. Yeah, and you know what? I don't respect myself at all. So that's, I understand. This game is interesting a lot because of what Dave said in the opening studs and duds segment. We got the Packers in Arrowhead taking on the Chiefs. This was going to be an electric game. This was going to be fireworks. This was going to be so fun. This was going to be Aaron Rodgers and the next generation's Aaron Rodgers. This was going to be awesome. (sighs) Now we get to see what Jordan Love is, man. Rich. Ah, Dave, you took Aaron Rodgers, your stud and your dud. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Packers, Chiefs in Arrowhead. Chiefs currently minus seven and a half point favorites. How do you see this one playing out? <clears throat> this is probably the most excited I've been for a Packers game in a, like a long time, honestly. Because when you actually look at it, you know what you're getting when you open up your guide and you pick the Packers and you watch them on Sunday. You, you know you're getting Aaron Rodgers. Lately, you've known you're getting Aaron Jones. You're going to get probably Devontae Adams, heaven forbid, an injury. But you know what you're going to get there. The defense changes a bit, but you know exactly what you're getting. And now it's not, you're not so sure. This is the first time where all, everything is up in the air because Jordan Love is in the game. You have a Chiefs team that is 
awful, awful on defense. So this is the time to see, actually. Can Jordan Love play football? Did you draft him and move up to get him for a reason? This is the week to see it. And because of how historically awful the Chiefs defense is, I think with those weapons, whether or not it's just A.J. Dillon again like it was on Thursday, or whether it's Jordan Love himself, I'll take the Packers. I like it. I like it. Rich, we'll move to you. I think Kansas City got real lucky that Aaron Rodgers got COVID. Yeah. Yep. This this was going to be a route. This is a struggling Kansas City team and uh, possibly the hottest team in the league. Now... I think this is a struggling Kansas City team and Green Bay with a QB who's never started a game. I don't see Jordan Love pulling off enough to beat the Chiefs. I am going to go with the Chiefs in this one. See, watching – hey, first of all, boys, we did it. We did it, and it wasn't just because of my – no backbone having ass. All right. <clears throat> Rich, I think you're right about something. I don't think Jordan Love does enough to pull off this win, but I don't think he has to. I think Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, the Chiefs can't stop anyone. I watched them absolutely cave to Tyson Williams. Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon are. An excellent one, too. A.J. Dillon's proven himself to be – he is something. He's cooking. Um, I don't think Love was going to have to do it too too much. I think if the Chiefs had a top-five run defense, this game becomes very, very scary very quickly. I don't think they can stop anything right now. And, you know, I'm not saying Green Bay's defense is elite. I'm not saying it's great. It's okay. It's decent. Uh, That Chiefs offense looks – There's something going on there. You know, Patrick Mahomes is running, is scrambling from perfectly clean pockets. He's, he's, he's looking less like Patrick Mahomes. And there's times where he, it's like, is that, is that fucking Carson Wentz out there? Which, which one is he's throwing balls. He has no business throwing. He's throwing, being sacked. He's Travis Kelsey. Doesn't necessarily look like him. Tyree kills, dropping passes, giving defenses interceptions. I do think. LaFleur, the Packers, you know, they did draft Aaron Love very high or Jordan Love very high. Um, I don't think he is going to have to do a whole lot, but if he does, they get their weapons back to get Devontae back. If he can hit the broadside of a barn, he can hit Devontae Adams. And I think that'll be just enough to win here. So I will take the Packers as well. Then Sunday night, we got two games left here, fellas. Sunday night, this is probably the game I'm most looking forward to on Sunday. We have the Tennessee Titans in SoFi taking on the L.A. Rams. Of course, the big news this week, Derrick Henry, foot injury, likely going to miss the remainder of the year. Uh, They said six to ten weeks about, but with a running back, with a running back like him, it being the foot, the type of injury it was, you know, you don't want to mess around with those things and limit him the rest of his career. Um, it's an interesting game because of the Derrick Henry loss, because the Rams are at home, because the Rams are the Rams. 
I'm going to take the Rams on Sunday night, but this could be an interesting game. If this was before the Derrick Henry injury, I would really think about debating this with you. Yep. But because that offense, even their their really good play action pass schemes all run through the threat of Derrick Henry, it just just doesn't seem like, especially now with Von Miller, that this Titans offense is going to be enough to carry them and win or lose shootout games like they were doing. And just to top it off with the fact that the Rams are an absolute unit from head coach to offense, to defense, to special teams, well run, just a great team. It's got to be the Rams. Rich. Yeah. uh, Exactly what Davey said there was, if you would have asked me to pick this game two weeks ago, I probably would have took the Titans. Yep. I think the Titans were on such a hot streak. And then this is crushing to the ten- that Tennessee team. Uh, I think you got to go to the Rams in this one. Uh, special welcome back to the league, Adrian Peterson. AP all day. Let's go. Um, but yeah, this will be the Rams in this one. Heading into Monday night, the last game of week nine. We got Chi Town, Chicago Bears, Justin Fields heading into Heinz Field, taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> Pittsburgh currently favored by six and a half. Pittsburgh coming off of a five point victory against the Browns, and the Bears coming off of an 11 point loss to the Niners. Dave, we'll start with you. Big Bears guy, big anti Steelers guy. Where do you see it going? I want to say that maybe the line's a little bit disrespectful to, to the Chicago because I think that team's like maybe a little bit better than that. It's tough. To, it's tough to pick the Steelers though because man, that offense kind of sucks. Like I mean, if they didn't face a team that put up ten points last week, they could easily lose with fifteen points, right? Like you could easily lose oh, yeah. games like that. But then we say T.J. Watt and that defense are still the heart and soul of Pittsburgh, right? Yep. So, I mean, against my better judgment, and as much as it hurts my head and my heart, I'm going to pick the Steelers. It's, uh, it's tough. It's tough. Rich, how do you see this one going? This one hurts me, too, because I think Justin Fields is hitting his stride. He's doing good. I've been I've been thinking about this one, looking at the games this week. I've been thinking about it all week, and I think my brain really convinced myself. Just do it. It's going to be Chicago. I really think this one's going to be Chicago. I think Chicago might actually really take it to this Pittsburgh team. I love that. I've never loved a piece of analysis more. Um, huge Fields guy. Huge hating Pittsburgh guy. You know, this one's weird, and it comes down to availability for me. Um, not of Allen Robinson, not of TJ Watt, not of Najee Harris, not of, you know, David Montgomery, anything like that. If Matt Nagy's in the stadium coaching the Chicago Bears, they'll lose. <laughs> uh, that's unfortunate. Uh, Justin Fields, like you said, was absolutely unlocked last week. He was electric. He was making plays, 100 rushing yards, 
looked awesome because Matt Nagy didn't ruin every piece of potential he had. He should be back out of COVID protocol, I'm thinking, this week. So he will be there coaching. Uh, Pittsburgh will get the win. Matt Nagy, former coach of the year. Boy, does that seem like a lifetime ago because, you know, until he gets out of there, I really don't think uh, I can fully love this Bears team and Justin Fields the way I want to. So I will take Pittsburgh. It, it, it breaks my heart. But how interesting is it that the two AFC North guys took Steelers, the NFC North guy took Pittsburgh. You know, hey, very, very divisive week here. You know, we, we didn't see eye to eye on much, but um, that's uh, we, we got a couple that we agreed on. But that is the week nine slate. That is the week nine games. Those are our predictions. Those are our midseason MVPs and other awards. Those are our studs and duds. And these are your booth boys, Rich, Davey. Anything else you guys got to say? In all seriousness, don't drink and drive. Like yep. that rug stuff is bad business. Don't drink and drive. Save people's lives, right? It's such an easy thing to literally just not do. Right. And it, it's yeah. it's so like the cost benefit analysis, like it's so easy to not do. And yet you do so much when you don't do it. Right. Sorry. I cut you off there, Rich. It's we live in a time where life is easy to make the choice to not, you have so many options of different so ways many. to get home. Just choose those. Please. Don't. Driving is not an option. No, no, absolutely. Yeah. You know, Hey, well said, Dave. Um, other than that though, I think uh, just keep an eye out. We are going to have some uh, additional content coming out. Of course we have the Vikings and the Ravens this week, flock skull, big anticipation here at the booth. So keep an eye out for some special episodes there. We will have some wrestling content coming out. Go check out our other podcast, NHL, CFL, local sports, whatever you guys want to listen to, go listen to it, buy some merch. Obviously, if you don't, then, you know, I'm not a fan of you and that's all right, but let me be a fan of you. Just know, let me be a fan of yours. Go buy some merch, go follow us at the booth EC on Twitter and on Instagram. We appreciate the listens. Go like, share, subscribe. And with that, let's have a great week of ball, boys.